Hello and welcome to the Jesse and Melva podcast. Let's talk about love and marriage. We are so glad you're here. Do you know how so many couples get so caught in the routine of their daily lives that their relationship loses its spark? Well, we help you get that spark back in the way that sticks. This is the place where you will discover the secrets of happy couples that you can apply to your own relationships. And now, here's Jesse and Melba. Hello, this is Jesse Johnson. And I am Melba Thomas Johnson. Welcome back. You know, we really um, appreciate you joining us as we discuss the issue of built-up resentment. And we really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, we're continuing our series on the ten most relationship, uh, common relationship problems. And yes, and um, before we go further, I just want to mention that these ten most common relationship problems we listed in our book, mm-hmm. but we didn't elaborate on them the way that we're elaborating on our show. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Um, so before we get started, we probably should define what we mean by the word resentment. The thesaurus defines resentment as meaning bad feelings, anger, an outraged spirit, a temper, ill will, and bitterness. Samuel W. Connolly says that resentment can be described by many words, anger, actually some of these are the same, Mm -hmm. Um, ill will, hurt, brokenness, heartbreak, etc., But with one word picture, resentment is a wound. We like to think of it as a wound that won't heal or that the person holding on to it won't allow to heal. This resentment can destroy a marriage or a relationship. It destroys not only the relationship, but can also seriously damage the person wallowing around in it um, and refusing to let it go. Mm-hmm. And we know so many people who are carrying resentment around and wallowing in it. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. not only not only do they wallow in it and they carry it around, but if if they don't address it, it has such tremendous impact on them mentally, physically, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people uh, and the research is becoming more and more clear that people who hold on to resentments are impacted in terms of their overall well-being and their health, you know, it is it is the dis-ease that often causes people to be sick and ill. Yeah, that's true, and, and so many people will say to us, um, but this person hurt me. You know, this is really hard for me to get through it, let alone let it go. Right, that's very true. <clears throat> so maybe that's why there's a question that we need to ask about now. Right, well, the question <clears throat> is then, why is it that some people hold on to hurts and wounds? And we believe that it's uh, there are many reasons, but that many times it's because uh, couples have disappointments and issues that come up in their relationships that they just don't seem to be able to resolve to the satisfaction of both persons. And unfortunately, few couples were ever trained in how to resolve problems. They don't simply don't have the relationship skills they need in order to be able to do that. So when they can't resolve their problems, one or both are likely to become resentful of the other. 
This, we believe, explains one of the major reasons why at least half of all first-time marriages end in divorce or separation, and many couples who do stay together are unhappy and remain resentful. It's a big, big price to pay. It is true. It's a huge price to pay. Absolutely. You know, because when people are um, resentful in their relationship, some of the kinds of ways that they behave toward each other are they have a short fuse, they don't talk much, if at all. They may express their anger by being cold and distant, may be argumentative a lot, may throw temper tantrums, or they may be closed and uncommunicative. They may, they may be short with you, and we see that mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Uh, or give short answers to your questions, if they answer at all. Or they may become emotionally and physically distant or may not be willing to have sex or have any kind of intimacy, etc. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's really long. Mm-hmm. But the underlying message of the resentful person is that they are angry, they're upset, they're bitter, they're hurt, and they're wounded. It's not that they necessarily want to feel this way. It's because they are holding on to leftover feelings about something troublesome that the two of you have not yet resolved. And it's probably because you don't know how to. As a result, it simply means unresolved. It, it simply remains unresolved and continues to fester. This is especially true if the person holding on to the resentment doesn't or refuses to discuss it. And that happens often. And of course, without discussing it, there's absolutely no way of resolving it. Some people may, in fact, be so angry and resentful that they really don't want to resolve the issue. They prefer instead to hold on to the resentment as a way of avoiding having to forgive and becoming vulnerable again in the relationship. No one wants to be vulnerable over and over again and have the same painful outcome over and over again. Absolutely, absolutely. So the resentment is the way of keeping themselves safe even though it is quite painful. And as we said earlier, that it really, really, really doesn't have to be this way. It is possible for couples to learn how to overcome their resentments, heal and grow through them, and then experience the relationship of their dreams. This is what is often been called the conscious relationship, and it is characterized by having two important characteristics, and that is safety and passion. Now, the change doesn't happen overnight, and it also takes coaching and and the help and support of of people like us who can teach you how to do that. It takes time, and it can be achieved. We've seen it over and over. We've seen it thousands of times. We've seen um, the transformation happen for thousands of couples over our 33 years as marriage counselors and therapists. So, Melba, why don't we take a few minutes and discuss some of the most common kinds of resentments that people in relationships sometimes have. I know we can't cover them all, but let's give just some examples. So why don't you start? Okay. Yeah, because we have quite a list. Um, Money. People can be resentful about who controls the money. Or who gets to spend the money. Or who decides how much money is saved. Who pays the bills? How the bills get paid? 
who decided on what gets purchased and when. And there's others. And there are others, yeah. And I think it's really about a matter of control. It's really a matter of control of the money and how the decisions get made around money. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that can where the resentment can come up. Our struggle. Our struggle. Our struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, another area uh, where people often are resentful relates to uh, affairs. That's big. That's a big one. It's huge. Yes. It is huge. It is, <clears throat> it is huge. Um, and and they, people can be resentful about you know who the affair was with. For example, if it was someone, let's say for example, it's a guy and you had an affair with your wife's girlfriend. Oh, that's really bad. Or a relative. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that those kinds of situations. Mm-hmm. Or how long it lasted. Mm-hmm. Because shorter affairs are easier to get over than long-term affairs. Generally, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. okay. Yeah. Or how many sexual partners the spouse has had? One is too many. Let's not digress. Okay. The next one is the spouse passed a venereal disease onto you. Now I can see where. I mean, I, I can see resentment in, in the other ones, you know, but that's just. Yes, that's true. Um, I'm still trying to think of a way to describe that. Right. That's 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 huge. Mm-hmm. That is huge. That's a, like a slap in the face. It is. It yeah. really is. Um, especially it's one of those kind of diseases that will you can be treated, but it will never ever really go away. And what about the ones that cannot be treated? Yeah. And your life could be in danger. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Let's move on. All right. Or affair about you know the person had an affair and how you found out about it that can be uh, troublesome. Mm-hmm. It's bad enough that the affair took place. Um, and then, because the next part of that is the embarrassment that somebody else knew besides mm-hmm. you, and then there's public humiliation. And there's also the whole matter of how much money was spent on this other person uh, uh, that could have been used for you, you and your own household. Especially if there was already a power struggle around money in terms of who controls the money and um, what gets spent. And who gets to spend it? That's true. Mm-hmm. And and the person not having the affair did not have uh, a say so in the money being spent on the other person in the affair. Right. Right. Okay. <clears throat> What's another area, Mel? Another is jobs. There can be resentments about the amount of time at work, or that the job doesn't pay your spouse what they should be paid. Mm-hmm. Um, or a spouse's work hours, a day shift. Um, afternoon or night shift, especially when a couple's shifts conflict. Conflict, And right. they don't have an opportunity to see each other. That's very true. And when they do see each other, one of them is asleep. Right. Mm-hmm. Or one of them has mm-hmm. a job that requires out-of-town traveling, uh, taking the spouse away from the family. Yeah, sometimes that's like, you know, the, the travel is like, could be, uh, appear as glamorous, and then the other spouse is at home taking care of all the responsibilities. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, another resentment uh, around jobs is having to move because of a job transfer or promotion. You have to leave your friends. You have to leave your family. Mm-hmm. You have to leave. you got to uh, take your kids out of school. Yeah. You know, you got to start all over again. That mm-hmm. could be resentful. Um, or having to move in order to find work, and that's something that's happening now with a lot of people in their own communities, maybe uh, like, for example, here in Michigan, yeah. people having to move out of state to find 
employment. You know. That's true. That's true. Um, resentment about um, working extra jobs to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so the resentment that you have to do it, and then the other part about the time issue as well. Right. Uh, or having to be on call a lot and accessible to an employer or a supervisor. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's another. Mm-hmm. Uh, another area of uh, of resentment is around children, and so people can have resentments about uh, different styles of parenting. You know, one may be more um, um, kind of lenient, and the other one may be more of a disciplinarian. Yeah, so I can see it when the disciplinarian uh, gets upset when they set down some rules that they thought that the two of them established together, and the one who's lenient, you know, lets lets the kids get off. Right. So the kids learn that they can really play the parents. Play the parents, yeah. right. Uh, another resentment around children is what is perceived as one child being the favorite to the exclusion of another child or children. And that happens a lot in blended families. Right. Especially when the biological parent has a lot of feelings about not being with the biological father mm-hmm. and the impact on the child. Mm-hmm. That's very true. <clears throat> And there could be resentment about uh, the amount of time given to the kids as opposed to the amount of time and attention received by the spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that comes up quite a bit. And then another is resentment over the amount of time given to the kids as opposed to the oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, the amount of money. The amount of money I meant to say spent on the kids that is not given proportionately to the spouse. I remember one time you talked about uh, someone that you know. Um, the, the daughter was able to charm um, her dad to the extent that she could get anything that she wanted, mm-hmm. and he would um, uh, allow her money to buy things that she wanted and had denied the wife right. some very important things. You know, That's true. I, I could see resentment building oh, up big time yes. around that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Just to finish that story, the, the, the mother had already told the daughter not to ask for any money from her dad because it was her time. Mom's time to go shopping. So when the daughter disobeyed her and asked for money, the mother called the daughter into the kitchen and said, hand over the money. (laughs) 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 Okay, uh, another area that involves kids is um, uh, situations where a child or children are not given, uh, are not living in a household but residing in another with another parent. Resentment that the child who is not living at home with the parents uh, can call their their birth parent, and that birth parent will drop everything they're doing and run over to the other house to see about the kids and just, you know, without any consideration whatsoever about what's going on between their existing spouse and family. Yeah, that's another way that uh, kids can play the parents. They sure can. And, and, and if... Well, that's another show, but, you know, if that's not worked out, it could impact the the current relationship to the to the point, it could damage it to the point that the um, the couple could break up, of course, to the delight of the child who's getting away with that. By the way, we have a question that, that came in about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we, we can address that. Not quite that question, but similar to it. Okay. Okay. And the next area? Yeah, the other one's housework. Mm-hmm. Oh, there could be lots and lots of uh, resentments around housework. Mm-hmm. You know who and how household chores get done, if at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially when there's not a clear, agreed upon plan 
for who does what and when. Mm-hmm. That's very true. If anything. True. But also feeling that one partner is doing less than their share and maybe doesn't even think about it, you know, mm-hmm. that can be a real problem. Reminds me of uh, expectations that people have going into uh, relationships in terms of the whole thing of living together and what that takes mm-hmm. and it not being talked out. Um, anger that family members leave areas of the house cluttered or dirty for someone else to clean up or straighten up. We hear that a lot from females. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And from t- time to time, though, we hear that from, from men. Right. Because there are a lot of men who like order in their homes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, you know, I'm, re- I'm reminded, Melvin, that when we came together as a blended family, that we had to sit down together and make a plan for how we were going to manage the household. Mm-hmm. And that we came up with a, with a schedule and a plan uh, for doing chores and who was to do what and when. And that we had meetings on a regular basis, on a weekly basis, to really talk about how it was going. We modified the plan and so on until we had it down in such a way that everybody really felt comfortable by pitching in and doing the part. And even though the kids were not, our sons were not 100% in favor of all the stuff that we did, but we insisted that they do it and... Um, they learned a lot of skills they probably wouldn't have learned otherwise. That's true. And for us, it kept us sane. Yes. Uh, kept the house in order. Mm-hmm. And we had some kind of uh, rhythm um, for harmony in the house so we could spend more time enjoying each other. Right. Um, another area where um, there can be a lot of uh, resentment in relationships around in-laws. Mm-hmm. Um and I think we were fortunate uh, in our relationship because both of our parents really loved us. Yeah. You know, uh, I know my dad, in fact, uh, especially loved you, and uh, my mother deepened her love for you over time as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Melba, you said that your parents really loved me, and my I mo- felt that too. My mother thought she could walk on water. Well, so I couldn't even complain about you. She would defend you no matter what. <laughs> well, I, we also loved our parents too, and uh, and our in-laws. So that was wonderful. But re- resentments can happen. Um, go it, ahead, and my father thought you were cool too. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, and I like your dad too. Go I quote him a lot too. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, some in-laws or other family members just may not like you, and that can be uh, a huge uh, make you feel resentful. And Melvin. You said that sometimes even after you've made every attempt to reach out to an in-law or relative, they still don't like you. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Yeah, because um, depending on who the in-law is, if they didn't want to give up their their daughter or their son um, to a spouse, then that could be the foundation of the resentment. Mm-hmm. It could be it has nothing to do with you. Right. And uh, that's why uh, couples have, if that is the case, couples have to figure out a way to manage that. Mm-hmm. Um, come together as a team and have a uh, respectful way of being in the presence of the in-laws when they have to. Right. Right. <clears throat> so um, there's also, and we're just going to do a couple more of these, um, resentments around the holidays. That's a big one. The spouses fight over where they'll spend various holidays throughout the year to comply with the parents' or in-laws' expectations. You know, so so many times that um, people will, um, couples will come together, and that whole planning part about uh, the holidays does not get worked out. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Another area of conflict is around ex-spouses or boyfriends or girlfriends. And this comes up a lot when you have an ex-spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend where you have a child with that person. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we said earlier, where, you know, either the child manipulates the, the spouse or where the ex-spouse or ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend manipulates the new spouse. Mm-hmm. By using the kids as a way of of, uh, of uh, really infringing on the relationship. That's true. Right. That's true. And the last one we're going to cover because uh, there's a lot more, but the last one we're going to cover on this this um, time is is around time, mm-hmm. and that is um, one or both partners, usually one, complaining about not having enough quality time together, mm-hmm. especially if one person is a um, especially if one person is a uh, working hard. Uh, we have a question. Hold on just a second. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes. Else. So you're on the air? Hello? Hi. You're on the air? Hey. have a question? Yeah, I do. Um, I, was, I was listening to some of the stuff you're saying. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, basically, I have... Uh, a big problem in in my relationship. Um, problem is I've lied to her twice about some pretty serious issues, um, and been confronted when she knew about them. One of them one of them was uh, that I was living with my ex um, while we were together, mm. and then we moved in together, and it came up months later. She had known, I guess, for some time, and it came up. So there was a trust issue, and then I was trying to build the trust yeah but then um i went and i did again um this time the second time was something not as serious as as the first one but still it's the fact that it's a trust issue either way that's what's serious about it It Mm -hmm. so um she told me that she needs some time so i've been trying to give her some space and that she didn't know if she could ever trust me again So, so i was just trying to find if there's anything that i could do you know to to um regain the trust or you know, I was thinking about counseling, I probably would have to pursue that. Uh, but Yeah. Absolutely. Well thank you for your question. Um and also for being so honest. Uh, um I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it would be important for you to get some counseling. Um because you really are going to have to demonstrate uh, being trustworthy, and before you get to that 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 place, I mean, because that takes practice and trust is uh, restored over time. Uh, I don't know if there was trust in the beginning for the two of you, um, but for yourself and your individual counseling, I think it would be important for you to find out what's underneath all of that for you. You know why it is so difficult, you know, for you to be honest, and what it is that. Um, uh, that's unresolved for you about your life, that this has turned into a coping me- mechanism for you that sabotages your relationship. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I think Jesse has something to add. Yeah, and I wanted just to add, too, that I think it would be important for you to do some real soul-searching in, in the process of getting counseling and discovering about yourself so that you yeah. can take for yourself whatever learning you can from this, 
And then when you communicate or you have a conversation with your wife, which I strongly would suggest in addition to your own individual counseling, that you guys get some couples counseling, that you, it, you will, that and that the counseling will allow you to be able to communicate effectively what you have learned okay. and, and, and uh, your new resolve for how you want to be in the relationship yeah. and your willingness to do whatever is required in yeah. order to demonstrate and prove to her that you have changed. Yeah, uh, definitely so, hit me. Hit yeah, me. So I think by doing both of those things, uh, that that would be uh, extremely helpful. And I agree with Melva. I really want to acknowledge you for calling and asking the question. We can hear your the, your desire in in your voice in terms of what it is that you're wanting to achieve. And your remorse. And your remorse, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, um, let us hear from you. Uh, you can drop us an email if you want. Just keep us posted in terms of how you how things are going, okay? Okay. All okay. right. Thank you so much. Um, and we also have another question from um, uh, someone who had emailed us before the show. Um, and the, the question and the statement was, well, years ago I had an affair. Uh, I was wrong and I admitted it. It's close to the uh, question we just had from the caller. Um, But my wife has not forgiven me. It's almost the same situation. Every time we have an argument, she brings it up by making some offhanded remark about it. I'm sick of it. I love my wife, but I'm tired of her holding holding it over my head like a hammer and using it whenever it fits her. I don't know what to do. Can you give me any ideas? Please help. Well, I'll start with Melvin. I'm sure you'll have some ideas about it uh, as well. I think, again, this is a situation where, especially with affairs, and this happens so, so very often, that uh, couples who who are faced with this situation simply don't completely resolve the issue. Um, Quite often, especially for us guys, we just our attitude is well, it happened. Let's just forget it and move on. But wives, on the other hand, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but wives, on the other hand, have a lot of very deep feelings and hurt and pain about this, and they they need to talk about it. They need to uh, um, ask questions about it. Uh, they need to know that their husband understands the pain that they have experienced, and by doing so, uh, that enables uh, them to be able to have some sense of peace around it. But the guys don't really don't want to talk about it. They say, I don't want to answer no more questions, I don't want to talk about it, let's just forget it and move on, but women haven't. And as a consequence, the resentment, the anger, the wound basically remains. It's no longer about the person who had the affair. It is now about the person that they hurt and wounded. Right. And so until the person who um, was betrayed uh, feels that the person who had the affair um, understands how painful it was and that they really feel that the other person is remorseful, nothing can be done. That's true. So that is the first step. Mm -hmm. And then um, when that step is accomplished, the next step is that uh, proving the person who had the affair proving themselves over and over and over again that they are trustworthy. That means that they are going to uh, do what they say that they're going to do and be where they say they're going to be um, 
you know, they have to prove it. Right. We have uh, several other questions that were sent to us. We'll have to answer them on our uh, uh, blog question and answer. So thank you for listening. I am Melba Thomas Johnson. And this is Jesse Johnson. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Jesse and Melba podcast, Let's Talk About Love and Marriage, where we help you get that spark back in your relationship. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and listen to all of our shows. We post new shows every week, and we want to help each of your relationships. You can receive even more great information from successful couples by visiting our Facebook group, Tips for Success in Love, Marriage, and Life. It's easy. Just search for Tips for Success in Love, Marriage, and Life at Facebook.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. See you next time.